yeah, if you guys would join me in praying, we're going to continue on in our spiritual gifts uh, series. And I'm going to pray very specifically uh, for this week, because this week we're going to be dealing with one of our, uh, one of the spiritual gifts that is the mo- one of the most misunderstood, one of the most misinterpreted, miscommunicated, and at times mishandled gifts that we have. Uh, and so I'm just going to pray for an openness for us that we wouldn't just shut down if this is a gift that we've already decided we don't like, or some of us are going to get a little too excited about some of these gifts, because finally, and we can kind of miss it. I'm going to be praying that the Lord would just give us the ability to have open hearts. He would set up some guardrails, which he's already done in his scriptures, and that we'd be able to just kind of walk the line that he set for us. So would you join me in praying? Lord Jesus, we all come from different backgrounds, different kind of cultures, different church cultures, We all have a tendency to read what we're comfortable with into scripture, to expect what we're comfortable with from the church, sometimes even to expect what we're comfortable with from you. But Lord Jesus, that is not how you work. So this morning, would we have the ability to leave our hearts open, to hear what you have to say? And Lord Jesus, as always, may I decrease and you increase. May this not be about me and and what I think, But truly, may we hear from you that we as a church would be able to have our feet squarely on the path you're calling us to. Not missing anything, not overemphasizing anything, but walking the path you've called us to. Speak to us today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you remember, we kind of touch on this each week. The reason we're talking about spiritual gifts is it ties back into our purpose as a church. Our purpose is to see every person involved in kingdom life, every person bowing the knee to the king and living a life of love and service to the king above themselves. We believe that you cannot be fully involved in kingdom life without understanding and utilizing our gifts. The Lord has given spiritual gifts to each of us that we could build one another up and that we could advance the kingdom outward Without understanding our gifts, without utilizing our gifts, what we're left with is human strength. And that's not going to carry us very far. We need to understand and utilize the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us, even if some of those gifts make us uncomfortable. Even if we've seen some of those gifts used wrong in the past, we're not allowed to just cut them off and pretend like they're not there. We have to come to a proper understanding so that we can have a proper use of those gifts. Because you take any one of the gifts out of the church, and all of a sudden we're missing an appendage. Can we make it? Maybe. Can we live life like we were supposed to? No. The gift that we're going to talk about this morning is the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy, there's two that I think of, two gifts, that are the most uh, kind of polarizing in the church. Prophecy is one. What do you guys think the second one is? Tongues. Don't worry. That's next week. I had planned to do them both today because we're gonna, we'll look over the next week or two at how Paul kind of ties the two together in 1 Corinthians. And he kind of plays them off one another because the church back then 
was misunderstanding these gifts and they were placing one over the other and there was this hierarchy and it was ugly. And so I tried to put them both together, but this morning, as I started going through it, I was like, unless you guys don't have lunch plans, we should probably split it up into two weeks because there is so much to be said about both of them. There's so much confusion and misinformation about both of them that we got to spend some time. This is something we got to get right especially, I would say, the gift of prophecy. In 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul talks about prophecy all over the place, but in 1 Corinthians 14.1, he says something very important. He says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So Paul's going, look, if there's, if there's a gift that we kind of can't afford to miss out on, it's the gift of prophecy, He's just come out of 1 Corinthians 13, where it's all about, look, if you don't love, it doesn't matter what gifts you have, they're useless. They all have to come from this place of love. But he transitions right into follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. There is something about the gift of prophecy that enables us to love each other in a way that's just missing, in a, in a way that nothing else can kind of fill that gap. So let's understand a little bit about what the gift of prophecy is. Again, this is where I'm going to ask you guys, try to let go of maybe some notions you've had before, good or bad, and let's just dig in and this morning say, Lord, help us to see it new. Help us to see it fresh. Help us to have a balanced view of this. So one author says this about the gift of prophecy, that it's the ability to receive a divinely inspired message and deliver it to others in the church. These messages can take the form of exhortation, which is encouragement, correction, disclosure of secret sins. I just lost some of you right there. Prediction of future events. There go the rest. Comfort, inspiration, or other revelations given to equip and edify the body of Christ. Again, they do not constitute the authoritative word of God, but are the human interpretation of revelation that was received. They are spoken in human words through a human mind, which is why they must be tested against the scriptures. Okay, so there's a lot going on there in that definition. But let's start with this, the first sentence. The ability to receive a divinely inspired message and deliver it to others in the church. This isn't just somebody who, you know, man, they're a smart person. And so they're able to kind of point people, man, what is that passage of scripture? Something like that. Oh, well, it's this one. And so you should go home and read that. That's, that's a different gift. That's a good gift. But this is someone who's able to receive a word from the Lord, a divinely inspired message, a message from the lips of the living God to a person for the body. Now, again, some of you are kind of clinching a little bit right now. These messages can take the form of encouragement or exhortation, correction, disclosure of secret sins. We do not like the idea of somebody knowing what we're trying to hide in the closet. Let's just remove that gift because I don't like that. God has the ability to disclose our secrets. And we don't like that. No one likes that someone else can let the cat out of the bag, right? But he's God. Where do all of these gifts flow from? Follow the way 
of love. Some of us really struggle here, and we're going to talk about it later, because we've seen prophecy used to hurt. We've seen prophecy used to control. We've seen prophecy used to club someone over the head. But again, Paul says, man, if you have the gift of prophecy and you can see all mysteries, yet you have not love, you're nothing. If we truly kind of put this gift where it belongs, in the love of the Father, speaking a message through someone to his church, this is a beautiful gift. When God reveals secret sins, never to shame, never to guilt, but to set free. Prediction of future events. Oh no, what? That God wants to let us know, here is something that I'm going to do for you as a church. Here's something I'm going to do through you. Here's something that I'm calling you to is a beautiful thing. But we struggle because how do we know somebody's just not up there making stuff up, right? Right? You guys don't struggle with that? I'm the only one. If somebody stood up here right now and said, the Lord, I feel like the Lord is telling me in the year 2020, we're going to blank. Everything in me would be going, ooh, how do we know? What, do we just trust it? Because this guy seems pretty confident. So like, it makes us uncomfortable and it should. And that's why I love again that this, uh, this writer put down in there, look, remember, this is God speaking to a man or a woman. If I say man too often, please understand I'm talking about like man in the general sense. Men and women can have this gift. This is not a gender-specific gifting. No gifting is a gender-specific gifting. Let me start there. But God speaks to us, and how many of us are perfect? Good. This was to trick you. None of us are perfect. We're all flawed. It now comes out in human words to the best that our human minds can present it, and that's why we have to test it against the Scriptures. We're going to talk about how and what that looks like. But I just want to kind of lay the framework for what the gift of prophecy is. Uh, There's a lot of confusion about the gift of prophecy because in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, there was an office of prophet. And in the office of prophet, these men had authority from God, men and women. Again, there was prophetesses. They had this authority that said, thus saith the Lord. A lot of times, the Old Testament is referred to as the law and the prophets. There was an office that came with authority that to stand against that was to stand against God. And so a lot of times, we're scared of prophecy because we go, oh no, are we bringing that in? Now we've got these people that just no one can argue with because thus says the Lord. Here's the thing about the Old Testament prophet, though. Everything that they said, everything they prophesied was to be tested. And what happened if it didn't come true? Stoned to death. Commanded, stone them to death. It wasn't taken lightly. God was kind of in a different relationship with the people back then. He was nation-building he wasn't a father to his people. He, he interacted with us differently. And he said, look, I'm going to put some people here to lead a whole nation. And you need to respect what they say because it comes from me. But also understand, 
if there's anybody out there trying to use this for their own gain, it'll be found out. And when it is, there was a severe punishment. This was never something that God took lightly. And now, do we have an office of prophet in the church? Someone whose just word cannot be questioned because thus saith the Lord? No. What we have is a family that comes together. And honestly, we go through this all the time with our kids. Hey, um, Hannah, could you go get Mick and tell him I said? Sometimes she does go, sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes he goes, whatever, and doesn't come or doesn't do, like, kids are kids. But in a family, we talk through each other a lot, right? We talk to each other. We, like, it's how God, our Father, chooses to communicate to us, sometimes directly to us, but sometimes with those that he's gifted in a special way to understand his divinely inspired message, to share his divinely inspired message. But there is no unquestioning faith that every time this person speaks, that's it, that's the end of it. We're always told to test it. We'll come back to that. Understand that prophecy is more about forthtelling than it is foretelling. All the time when we think about prophecy, and some of it is like science fiction has kind of ruined this for us because there's always prophecy. You know, in Star Wars, there's this prophecy that this will happen, and it's always about telling the future. And so a lot of people have just put that label, that's what this is about. Even in the Old Testament, it had that dimension to it, but it was so much more than just, oh, by the way, Babylon's coming, and here's what you can expect. It had that, but the vast majority of prophecy has always been about forthtelling. Let me tell you the truth that God has for us. And sometimes here's the consequences for disobedience. It was about speaking the truth of God, a divinely inspired message transmitted to the body. It may involve, here's something the Lord is calling us to. Here's something the Lord is going to do. It may, most often, it's going to look more like the Lord has this for you right now. He wants to remind you of this. He wants to show us this about himself it's more about foretelling than foretelling. Does that make sense? Okay, following me? I'm gonna throw this out there, by the way. If anyone ever has a question, you are like free to raise your hand. You're free to like just call out. There, this is an interactive thing. I know we've kind of been taught, you sit down and be quiet and I teach and then I let us go home whenever I'm done talking, but that's not how it's meant to work. Some of this stuff can, can be kind of hairy, can be kind of confusing. And if you have questions, I would love to hear it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out together. But if some of this is kind of like, oh, I just don't know, and what about? Let's talk. So why is the gift of prophecy important? Again, Paul puts this thing up there of going, man, especially the gift of prophecy. There, there's something special about it. There's something important about it. One writer says this, the Holy Spirit gives the gift of prophecy to some believers to make God's heart known and to edify the body. Do you guys know what edify means? Some of you that have been in church for a long time, if you're newer, to build up, to strengthen. To make God's heart known and to edify the body. This is a gift for the benefit of both believers and unbelievers and is a sign that God is truly among his church. God uses the gift of prophecy 
as a way to remind us that he is truly present here and now. It's one thing, look, to, to open your Bible and to read. And you know, we've all had those times when, wow, the words just jump off the page and like, why didn't I see that before? Or we're convicted to the heart. That's one way that God speaks. And for often as a church, we've kind of said that's the only way that God speaks. But God desires right here and now in small groups and to let us know that he is present. And one of the ways he does that is by speaking directly to us in those times. And oftentimes, it's through a brother or sister. And again, this goes against, I, I talked about it earlier with discipleship, our American notion of church that says me and Jesus are enough. Why would he speak through David when he can just talk to me, right? Sometimes it's because he, he wants to remind us, I need David. I need people to come and help walk with me in Jesus. And so there's times, I think, when God chooses to use this gift of prophecy as a way to remind me, this isn't just about you. This is about us. We need each other. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says this about the gift of prophecy. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Remember, this whole thing is driven by love. If not, it's nothing. And he says, behind prophecy is always strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Again, the reason that many of us have kind of turned away from prophecy is because we felt clubbed over the head by it. We felt maybe manipulated by it. The true gift of prophecy always has at its heart your strengthening, your encouraging, bringing comfort to you. 1 Corinthians 14, 24 to 25. Oh, this passage honestly makes me weep. Think about this. We're here in a church and someone stands up and gives a word from the Lord and a non-believer in our midst. Paul says this, but if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their heart are laid bare so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Sometimes we wonder, okay, yeah, we had visitors come in and they left and they were like, yeah, no, it was nice. It was good. Sometimes God wants to flex a little and go, by the way, I know your heart. I know where you truly are and I know that it's killing you. And Paul says, just imagine what that could do in the life of an unbeliever, of an inquirer, someone just checking this thing out. To have someone come up and go, hey, uh, this may seem weird to you, but I think the Lord wants me to tell you this. And for that person to have that experience of, how would you know that? No one knows that. No one knows I'm struggling here. No one knows that I've believed this lie. No one knows that this thing has happened in my life. How would you know that? The only excuse is that God is really among you. He knows me. He cares for me. And the, the thought of that person falling on their knees, conviction in their heart, and not the kind of conviction that's worldly and brings guilt and shame, but the kind that sets us free. Fall down and worship God. I'll be honest. This, for me, is one of the reasons why we have sharing time. 
I love the sharing of prayer requests and of praises. I, I, please don't, and anything I'm going to say here, like, we need to have less of that. I love that. I would not give that up for anything. But what would it be if those gifted with the gift of prophecy would come up and say, I feel like I have a word for the church. And it's this. I feel like the Lord wants to say this to us this morning. The encouragement that would come. Maybe the conviction that would set us free for those who are not believers who are just sitting here checking this whole church thing out to go, they really believe their God speaks. And some of the stuff that he shared, like, I can't shake. What an opportunity that is. Whether you've, if, if this is you, if, if you have this gifting, if this is something that, that you've been aware of in your own life and maybe you haven't felt welcome in the past because is that really how they do it? What, what would people think if I, I'm telling you, you're welcome. You're welcome to come and present what you believe the Lord has placed on your heart. We as a church need it. For those of you that this is not your gift, and and that's me, this is not my gifting. We need to have the same grace with someone with the gift of prophecy that we do for every other gift. This one makes us so uncomfortable that it's truly one strike, you're out. One strike and the whole gift might be out kind of thing. I've shared before in uh, the first week when we started talking about spiritual gifts, I believe it's my spiritual gift. One of them is to teach. God has, has gifted me and equipped me to teach the body. Is every one of them a home run? No, you got, it's okay, I'll say it. No, they're not. I have taught many a Bible study or a youth lesson or preached a sermon or facilitated discussion in a group, and it felt like I was speaking through a wet paper bag. Just, ugh, nothing's coming out. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, nothing is actually getting through to people, or there's been times when I've taught something and, and it was wrong. And I've had someone come up to me afterwards and go, um, yeah, but what about this verse? And you go, boy, that kind of goes the exact opposite of everything I just said. Like, oh no, I've messed up. Does that mean I'm not gifted? Does that mean the gift doesn't exist? Have I ever had anyone call for my resignation or say, you should never lead a small group again? I've never experienced that. I've always been met with grace. I've always tried to come back in and say, hey, in humility, I was wrong before. That, that, that's my fault. I hadn't studied enough. I completely missed that piece. I, I try to come in humility, but I've never been met with anyone that said, how dare you don't ever speak again. We look at the gift of prophecy differently though. And again, a lot of it's culturally, but we see somebody maybe say, hey, uh, here's something that I think might be from the Lord. And maybe they're off. Maybe there's a wrong interpretation or whatever. And we just go, see, I told you, not a real thing. That person doesn't really have that gift. Whatever. We are so quick to cut people off with this. Not because God's not big enough. He, he could never speak through people, but because it makes us really uncomfortable. We need to have the same grace with those who have this gifting that we would have with any other gift. And just like I hope you all test every word that I say in teaching, we need to test prophecy as well. But not so we can discredit So we can come alongside a brother or sister with that gifting and go, hey, here's some things I found. Let's go back to the drawing board on this. Let's work through this together. If this is something God has really gifted you with, 
let's work together to help strengthen you. Does that make sense? Okay. How do I know if I have the gift of prophecy? Again, one author says this, those with the gift are sensitive to both the prompting of the Holy Spirit and the needs of the church body. They should be humble and continually study the scriptures in order to test these revelations before speaking them. When they do speak, they should allow and even expect others to weigh what is said against the scriptures and interpret the message accordingly. In this way, the church may be continually built up together in unity. Those that have this gift, and there's going to be some teaching on how to use this gift in this one. I haven't had to do this with some of the other gifts. This one needs some. Those who have this gift, it starts off, first of all, are aware and and sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to the needs of the church body. I've seen some with the gift of prophecy that just walk around willy-nilly to strangers. They would come in here and visit on the first Sunday and go, oh, here's a word for you, and here's a word for you, and they don't know us. They don't know what we're going through. Does that mean they didn't receive a word from the Lord? No. But they're missing that sensitivity to the body. Here's the thing about the gift of prophecy. It always benefits others. The gift of prophecy, if I have the gift of prophecy, it's not for my own good. It's for yours. And I have to be sensitive not only to here's what God said, But do I even know this person? Do I have a relationship? Am I sensitive to the needs of this person or of this body? If not, I may need to wait. They should be humble and continually study the scriptures in order to test the revelations. And when they do speak, they should allow, and I love this, and even expect others to weigh what is said against the scriptures and interpret accordingly. Those with this gift, again, if you come with a thus says the Lord... I've heard you need to receive the end. You're coming wrong. It's not your place. Again, there is no offit of Old Testament prophet that I slam my fist and say, listen, church, and here's what the Lord says to you. Receive it. That doesn't exist. I may bring a word to you. I may say, hey, here's something that the Lord has shown me. Let's pray about it together. Let's seek the Lord on it together and see what he has to say. Just because I receive something from the Lord doesn't mean I know how to interpret it. And listen, guys, all of this takes interpretation. That's the scary part. That's the part that loses a lot of us. How do we know they interpreted it correctly? Well, again, my job is not just to have somebody come up and say, the Lord showed me this. Here's what it means. Go live it out. And I go, okay, that's not my role. The Lord may speak something to someone else. Now it's my job to interpret it. And it shouldn't be done alone. I should be bringing other people in and going, okay, let me, I'll I'll share with you. um, I've had times in my life when someone with the gift of prophecy said, as we were praying together, they went, you know, I just keep getting the word courage. Uh, I, I don't know maybe everything that's going on in your life. I'm not sure. But man, the Lord's just kind of hounding me with this. I just keep getting the word courage. Let's, let's go to him and see what he wants to say. It wasn't that person's role to come in and go, so you need to be courageous here and here and here. You need to stop doing this, start doing that, because I said so. That person walked with me and said, Lord, here's what we're getting. A, we want to know if it's from you, or if maybe I just had bad Mexican last night. If it is from you, what do you want us to do with it? 
and we sought the Lord together, and God is good, and God spoke, and God affirmed, but it wasn't they said, so I had to do. We walked together. Because here's the thing, we're all called to hear from Jesus. You guys know that, right? Jesus does speak to each of his people. Jesus wants to encourage you, comfort you, make his presence known to you, In your quiet times, when it's just you and him, in your group times, Jesus desires to speak to each of our hearts. We get that, right? Not all of us know how. Not all of us understand what it means to be still and to receive from the Lord. Just like in every other gifting, we need someone to come along and teach us. Some of you, if you have this gift of prophecy, it's a natural thing. You don't even think about it. You kind of can't wait to get somewhere and be quiet and go, okay, Lord, what do you want to say? As we're singing, as I'm teaching, you're constantly, you have an ear out for the Holy Spirit going, okay, what, what do you want to say? What do you, some of you are, I'll get into what it looks like here in a minute, but you are naturally drawn that way. And let me share a secret with you. The rest of us aren't. The rest of us walk around with blinders on, dealing with what's right in front of us. We need someone to come along and sometimes say, here's something I received from the Lord. And other times saying, let's sit down and just let's help you practice listening. It comes real natural to me, but I get it. It's not a natural thing for you. You're missing out. And I don't want to see that. So let me walk with you and teach you how to listen. We're told in Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, that God gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to build up the church, to prepare them for works of service that he had prepared for them in advance. God has gifted the prophet, not just to stand up there and spout some things from the stage, but to train up God's people in how to hear the Lord themselves so that they can go out in power and do what the Lord has called them to do. This gift always benefits others. It is a others-centered gift. Truly, they all are. But this one oftentimes has been seen as it's about that guy or that girl. They have that gift. Look at them and a spotlight kind of gets put on. This gifting is about benefiting others. The Lord has given me this word for your benefit, for our benefit. Let's seek him together on it. What can this look like? Again, if you're someone who's wondering, I don't know, maybe I have this gift. I'm trying to figure it out. I, I am really sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I get some things for others, but how do I know what's him, what's me, and this discerning thing? Sometimes, uh, here's again, some parts that make us really uncomfortable. Sometimes it can look like dreams. Like literally you're sleeping, you have a dream, you wake up and there's something so impressed on your heart. God is speaking something that the church needs to hear. It may be dreams for yourselves. We, we can all experience those, but sometimes those with this gift, there's something there in that dream that I need to share with the body. The God is trying to say something that he wants to speak to the body. And dreams make us all uncomfortable. Am I right, Western American church? We don't know what to do with them. Again, maybe it was just the Mexican. But what we find in the scripture is a promise that in the last days, Your young men will dream dreams and will see visions. It shouldn't take us by surprise, but it scares us because it reminds us we're not in control. We don't get to choose what is from him and what isn't and how he speaks to us and how he doesn't. It doesn't matter if it makes us comfortable. And that 
scares us. It may come through dreams. It may come through visions, kind of a waking dream. It wasn't nighttime and I got tucked into bed and then had this dream. Maybe it was the middle of the day. We see the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 10 up on a rooftop praying and all of a sudden he has this vision, best vision in the world. The blanket is lowered down and it opens up and there's all these different kinds of animals and God says, kill and eat. And Peter goes, but I've never had bacon before. We're not allowed to have bacon. And God says, don't call anything unclean that I've called clean. Now kill and eat. And it says three times he had this vision. And he finally, he wakes up and he goes, like I say, wake up. It says he was sitting on the rooftop and he just kind of came to and went, okay, there's something there. The Lord's trying to tell me something. And apparently bacon's on the menu, but what, was there something else? And then just because he can, it says the Holy Spirit told him, oh, hey, Peter, there's someone at the front door for you. And a minute later, a servant came up and went, hey, Peter, someone's at the front door. Didn't need to do it. He's just cool like that. And so Peter comes down and this man says, hey, There's this Roman centurion named Cornelius over in another town, and he had a vision. He was a Gentile. He wasn't a a follower of the Old Testament God, but he wanted to follow God. He was a seeker, and God spoke to him in a vision and said, there's this guy named Peter. You'll find him in Joppa. He's up on a roof. Send somebody to him. And the man goes and finds it exactly as he says. Peter goes with him. Uh, the, The man, the short of the story This man's whole household receives Christ. They're all baptized that day. The Holy Spirit comes on them. Peter comes back and has a brand new message for the church. Hey, Gentiles can become Christians, which is great news for us. Gentiles can receive the Holy Spirit. This is unheard of. And it all began because God spoke through a vision. Very few things will make us more uncomfortable than if someone walks up to us on a Sunday morning and goes, so I had a vision yesterday, and I feel like I'm supposed to share it with you. Most of us are going to go, cool, 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 Where's the door? Start the car. Like, oh, because we're not in control anymore. And that's a terrifying thing. But it shouldn't surprise us. It's a biblical thing. For some of it, it's going to be words. I already shared the, the one time when praying with somebody and they go, I just keep hearing the word courage. It's like the Holy Spirit is just shouting it in my ear. I, I can't move on from it. Does, does this mean anything to you? Is there an area of life where you, where you need courage? And we were able to seek the Lord together and go, Lord, is this you? What are you trying to say? And he's clear. He's not hiding. He wants to be found. And when we sought him together, he was. But it was just this repetitive word that the person could not get out of their mind. Man, every time I think about you, every time I pray about your situation, every time we're together, I just keep getting this word. I'm just gonna put it out there. Does this mean anything to you? Is there an area the Lord's calling you to have courage? Or maybe, maybe he's speaking identity. Maybe he's speaking a truth. Maybe it's a scripture passage, whatever it may be that the Lord has given me for someone else or he's given you for me. This can look like pictures. I've had people before that, you know, as we were praying, I just keep seeing a picture of, and I'm making this one up, uh, a sun rising over a mountain. And it's beautiful. It brings me so much courage and peace. I don't know what it means in this situation, but I feel like the Lord's saying it. Let's seek him together. Maybe he's saying a new thing is dawning and he's going to do a new work. Maybe it's hope is coming. I mean, who knows? But I just keep seeing this picture. 
I can't get it out of my head. I feel like we need to just seek the Lord on it and say, Lord, what what does this mean? What is it you're trying to say to us? Because there's something about this. The, The last thing that I'll say is sometimes people just receive a message in what one author referred to as their knower. It's just in their gut. I just know this is true. Uh, there's one guy named Richard Sipley who, uh, man, he's in his 90s, I think now, but lived through a couple different revivals that have happened in church history in the 20th century and was a piece of those, saw God do amazing works and amazing miracles. And there was times when people would come up to be prayed for. And I mean, they were seeing the, those who were paralyzed get up and walk. The blind were seeing, I mean, like crazy miracles. And he was a piece of this and he would come up and the first thing he would always do, somebody would say, I, I want to see again. And he would go, cool, let's just listen for what the Lord has to say and we'll, we'll pray accordingly. And there was times that he shared with us where he's praying and he goes, okay, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? I just want to pray in your will. So you lead, we'll follow. And the Lord would say, I want to heal this person, but until they make things right with their sister, I'm not going to. And he had the really fun task of going, cool. Remember um, how you wanted your back to stop hurting? I got a different message. Um, and it's that you and your sister are in sin and you guys need to make things right before the Lord will bring healing. And these people would break down and they would go, how did you know that? No one knows that. How would you? And it was just something in his gut. He, j- he just knew that was the issue. And it took some boldness to share that with that person. But those people would go, they would, like Jesus said, they would leave their gift at the altar and they would go and make things right. And they would come back and they would receive healing sometimes, but they would receive restored relationship because he just had something in his gut, his knower. This is the issue. The Lord's made it clear. Can't tell you how I just know. And some of you have experienced that. First Thessalonians 5, 19 to 22 it says, do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't treat prophecy with contempt. When someone comes up and says, hey, I, I have a word from the Lord for you. Look, some of us, that's not our culture. That's not our background. We hear that and walls go up. Don't treat prophecy with contempt. Test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. If someone comes to me today and says, I I think I have a word from the Lord for you. I think the Lord is saying this. I'm going to hold it open-handed and I'm going to take it to the Lord. I'm probably going to grab a couple people to take with me and we're going to go, okay, Lord, here's what this person thinks they said or thinks they heard for the church, for me individually, for whatever it is. First of all, is this from you? If it is, Lord, what do you want to do with it? If not, Lord, show us what's going on. Does it mean that person's an evil person trying to destroy the church? No. They could just be human and made a mistake. How do I come back and I walk with them? How do we test the gifts? First of all, is this, do they agree with scripture? God is never going to give someone through a word, through a picture, through a vision, through a dream, whatever it is, something that disagrees with the truth of Scripture. God has made promises in Scripture. God has called us to Him and to do certain things. God has given us identity and purpose in Scripture, and He will never go back on that. So He's never going to give someone else a word that says, God's mad at you and doesn't like you anymore. You're out of the family. No. His word says otherwise. 
you're hearing wrong. God is never going to call someone to fear or anxiety. God is never going to call someone towards sin. I've had people, and some of you I know have experienced this too. The Lord told me I should leave my wife. No, he didn't. I promise you, he did not. That's bad advice, and he doesn't give bad advice. He has spoken clearly in his word, and he will not go against that. That's the first test. If it doesn't line up with scripture, if it goes against something the Lord has already revealed to us through the Holy Spirit in his word, it's not him today. Thank God we serve a God who doesn't change his mind. The Bible says he's not like shifting sand. He is the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If it doesn't line up with scripture, it's not from him today. Hold them lightly and see what the Lord does. Is there confirmation? Okay, um, that, the idea of courage. Okay, well, scripturally, the Lord tells me, have courage. Christina brought up earlier, um, Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Okay, it lines up. Now what do I do with it? Let's get some brothers and sisters together. Let's pray. Does the Lord bring confirmation? You know what? As we're praying about this, like just something in my spirit says, yeah, like there's an area where you're discouraged and he wants to encourage you. Okay, Lord, what is it? Now, now at that point, it lines up with scripture. I've had other brothers and sisters going, yeah, I'm getting the same thing. All right, Lord, my heart's open. Where do I need courage? Where have I been discouraged? Or whatever it may be. Test it. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. So the last question that we've been asking when it comes to um, all of these spiritual gifts is what do these gifts look like without character? Because remember, all the way back to our second week, we said sometimes God gives these gifts when we become believers. He doesn't wait for us to be mature enough and then dole them out. And again, we see how this could be a dangerous gift. There are some who are just immature. They're not bad people. They're just immature that God has given this gift. What does it look like? in the hands of someone who is still growing. First of all, that person might be really inflexible in their interpretation. I see this picture, the sun coming over the mountain, and let me tell you what that means. That means that you're supposed to quit your job because God has something brand new for you, and whoa, slow down. Someone who's immature, I got it all figured out. I received it, I got to tell them what it means, I got to tell them what to do with it. That's not how the gift of prophecy works. Here is, like, just, again, practical tips. If this is you, or if you've ever received a word from someone, you can put some caution on the whole thing. If somebody comes in and goes, here's what I heard or saw or experienced or whatever, and let me tell you what it means, stop them. Whoop, time out. That's, That's not your place. Someone should come with these things and go, again, here's what I saw, here's the word, here's, does this mean anything to you? I trust the Holy Spirit to bring confirmation. I don't need to hit you over the head with it. Does this mean anything to you? Let's, let's pray about it. I'd love to seek the Lord with you and pray about it and let the Lord show us what it means, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to move forward. As someone with a gift of prophecy, it's not my job to interpret everything for you. That's robbing you. You need to learn to hear the Lord yourself and this is another opportunity. Let me walk with you. Not just shortcut so I can give you the answers and we can get on to lunch. Sometimes someone with the gift of prophecy has to be really careful not to add their own thoughts in. 
And that's again, part of that interpretation. Here's what I saw. And now as I start to tell you what I think it means, I'm putting my thoughts on equal weight with what the Lord has shown me. And here's the thing, I'm flawed. I can mess things up pretty badly sometimes, even with the best intentions. My thoughts about what I saw, experienced or whatever, they're not on the same level with what the Lord showed me. And I have to, as someone with that gift, I have to differentiate. Here's what he showed me, and I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself. As we walk, as we pray, as we, maybe I'll begin to share some of them. But right now, it's simply my job to be the mouthpiece. Sometimes those with a gift of prophecy or what can look like a gift of prophecy come from a place of anger or dissatisfaction. Again, we think of most of the Old Testament prophets and there was typically a woe to you kind of thing. And there are many who are just angry, who are dissatisfied with how things are. And, oh, I got a word from the Lord for them. We don't sing enough hymns. And if you don't sing hymns, you don't know how to praise the Lord. And you don't, and it's like, where is this? This is not meant to build me up. This is not meant to strengthen the church. This is someone being mad and using thus says the Lord to club some other people. The gift of prophecy, again, when done right, when done in maturity, in the power of the Holy Spirit, does not come with anger. Does not come with, I'll show them, I got to get my way, but comes with, this is not about me. I'm going to lay myself down. I'm just going to offer what I've seen and step back. Because this is about the Lord strengthening and encouraging you. Does that make sense? Okay. Here's the thing, guys. I could preach on this for a long time. (laughs) I won't. Uh, But there is so much nuance here. If there's some things that you've heard that you've gone, oh, I don't, I don't like it. I don't know what to do with it. Maybe some things you've experienced in your past that you're going, how do these fit together? Kind of like I said for the prophet, I'm not going to shortcut and give you all the answers. First Corinthians 12 through 14. Start there. Paul says a ton about prophecy. Go and read it for yourselves. But I'll say this: fight with your culture. What lens have you put on that in a Western tradition, we don't like anything mystical, so we've thrown it out? In a typical white Midwestern church, we've gone, ooh, that's not okay. We love the gift of teaching. We love shepherding, but any of that kind of, ooh, we don't like that. We've seen it done wrong before, and we've thrown the whole thing out. You're going to have to wrestle with your culture and with the lens that you've put on. But go to the scriptures. As best you can, pray and ask the Lord, Lord, help me to remove that and just to hear what you would say and read through. Like I said, start in 1 Corinthians 12, go through 14. There is so much encouragement in there about the gift of prophecy. There is so much that God wants to do. There is so much. Paul was raving about it in the ways that God can use this gift to build his church. And by and large, we've thrown it by the wayside because it makes us uncomfortable. Seek it out yourself wrestle with it. If this is something, again, that we've done every week, that something in your heart is burning and you're going, that happens to me all the time. Maybe I've never felt the freedom to share with someone. Or maybe I've kind of always done it behind the scenes because I'm embarrassed because I don't know how people are going to receive it. And I'm, I want to give you permission. If this is something that God 
is working in your heart, something that the Holy Spirit has gifted you to do and is bringing out. You know who you are. As I've shared on this, oh, it's done something inside of you. Here in a minute, I'm gonna ask the elders to come forward and for them to pray over you. If you think that you have been gifted with the gift of prophecy, to come forward and have the elders pray over you. Lord, if this is really the gift that you've given them, may you bring it out. May you bring it to the surface. May you show them how to use it well. May you show us how to receive this gift. And Lord, as always, give us wisdom and discernment. You you guys understand God is not nervous right now about the gift of prophecy, right? He's not going, oh no, but what if they do it wrong? They should better just steer clear. That's not where he's at. If he gives this gift, he wants to help the church grow. He wants to lead us and guide us we better take time to discern and to listen. But let's not turn a blind eye to this gifting anymore. 